What's up, you guys? I am Micah Folsom, and you're listening to the Do Your Crap Podcast. I was overwhelmed, uninspired, and unfulfilled, and I knew there had to be a different way to do life. Turns out, there totally is. And I found my calling in helping people learn and do the unsexy habits that build a legendary life. Each and every week, I'm going to help you bust through the crap that's holding you back and break down the simple habits and mindset shifts that will help you rock every aspect of your life. Are you ready to do the things that most people won't so that you can live the life that most people can't? Here we go. Welcome back to the Do Your Crap Podcast. This is your host, Micah Folsom, and we've got a special guest on with us today. Her name is Erin Washington, and she is a mother of two, former college athlete, host of the wildly popular Squats and Margaritas podcast, and author of the upcoming revised book, From Pain to Purpose, Finding Meaning in the Mess. (laughs) She says, during the global pandemic, Erin started a weekly Instagram live series, having get real conversations with her followers about everything being in lockdown with young children, how hard it was to maintain a workout or a schedule and so on. These conversations led Aaron to squats and margaritas conversations to help women feel seen and inspired to find their own purpose. She is very, very passionate about sharing her story openly. And it's allowed her to connect with so many people as she shared her own struggle with eating disorders and achieving her ideal body at the age of 38 and all of the things that come along with a health and wellness story that so many of us can connect to. And we are going to dig into all of it today. And I am so excited. So let's turn it over to the conversation. All right, Erin, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Of course, I'm so excited. So before we dig into too much of me talking, I love the guest interviews because I do some solo episodes and I'm like, they get enough of me. But so when I get a guest on, I'm like, I want them to hear from you. Like you have so much gold to share today. So let's start off with your story. First, dig like, like wherever, however long, far back, however deep you want to go, what got you here? Why are you here? What doing the work that you do? I think my story starts, um, back when I was four, I started Perfect. playing soccer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I played on the playground on that. No, um, <laughs> I started playing soccer and soccer is such a big part of my story. Um, I grew up in Ohio, the oldest of four girls and studied a lot about birth order. And I'm the typical perfectionist, obsessive firstborn personality. So it was like all or nothing. Um, yeah. I threw everything into soccer. I trained obsessively all year round and I ended up starting varsity as a freshman in high school. Um, I came into high school, super thin because I was 14 and then my sophomore year started my period. So my body started to change and that was not ideal for soccer. The only thing that mattered. Um, so I drastically reduced my calories, um, struggled with anorexia, probably that whole year, like my sophomore year. My junior year, my coach called me on it and was like, your crosses aren't strong anymore. You've lost all the strength in your legs. I mean, I got super skinny Mm. at that point. I wasn't even eating carrots because it was a starchy carbohydrate. Oh my gosh. So yeah, I I got super thin when he equated it with 
soccer, I was like, oh shit, I got to eat. So that's when my eating disorder evolved, uh, from anorexia to exercise bulimia. If you're familiar with that, Mm -hmm. you jot down all the calories that you consume, and then you go and work off the same amount of calories on a cardio machine. And that continued through the rest of my high school career. Um, the career went well, we were back-to-back state champions. Um, I was the captain my junior and senior year, and I never came off the field. So I ended up getting a division one scholarship for college. And I trained like a psychopath, um, as I do, uh, going into college and I came in and won our fitness competitions. And it was finally like, yes, like division one soccer, the only thing that mattered. And Micah, I didn't play and I didn't know what to do with that because I was used to not ever coming Coming off off, the field. So I was contributing in practice and I was just super frustrated. Um, in college, it's your whole life. Like you wake up and you train and then you go to, uh, school. Cause you still have to be a student. Then it's like study tables and practice and training room. And then you're traveling for games. And, um, I stuck it out my whole freshman year, you know, I'm doing all those things that I mentioned, but not getting the fun part, like to play Yeah. and halfway through my sophomore year. Um, I remember we were at Michigan state. My, I grew up in Ohio. My mom came to the game. Um, you travel, you do all the things I never saw the field and I walked across the field and told her I'm done. And the next day, kind of on a whim, I was just like, no, this is bullshit. I'm not playing. I quit. And in that moment, the only value or identity that I ever saw for myself was gone. Um, And I fell into complete depression, um, started gaining a bunch of weight because I quit a division one strength and conditioning program in the middle of the season and um, ultimately found bulimia. Uh, because I thought it was going to be a way to get rid of that weight, but it became something that I would struggle with for the next 10 years. And uh, in 2020, I wrote my story of how I kind of came out of that to kind of inspire a woman who is still in that mess. And then kind of felt like I was writing as my highest self, like, look at these abs. Like I finally found my uh, physical ideal and then kind of went on a spiritual transformation in the last couple of years. And was like, it's so much more than a physical ideal. So I wrote my new book from pain to purpose, finding meaning in the mess, um, to kind of show another woman that it doesn't matter what you've been through. You can come out on the other side and actually use that pain to find purpose in helping other women out of it. Um, that book just came out and now I speak uh, to women and teen girls. I have a nonprofit for teen girls to inspire them to find meaning in their mess and purpose in their pain. Love it. I love it so much. First of all, I played college volleyball. So I'm like, I love that. I, I love talking to athletes. Because you just get it. You just get it. I'm like, yeah, I remember that life. I remember that life. The um, mental part of it. Right. It's, just, it's yes, huge. Yeah. It. Yeah. So I love this so much. And it's so interesting because I have a 14 year old daughter. And so we're like mm. in the thick of mm-hmm sports is everything and hers is volleyball. And it's like, that is her identity. And that's, and she's also in the season of change and bodies growing. She's becoming a woman. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, yes, this is like everything. Um, so I love this so much. So it was the pandemic that really, like you started going live on Instagram, you started just (laughs) opening up. So talk about that. Like how, what kind of gave you that, okay, I need, I need to open up about this so that I can help the women who are feeling alone in the struggle. I didn't, I didn't want to Micah. It was forced out of me how, by a writing like coach. Okay. Okay. <laughs> a writing coach was like, so when I figured it out and we can get into it, but I can just tell you really quickly, it was 
basically I starved myself for 20 years from 16 to 36. It was like restriction. Everything was off limits and all the cardio. When I made the switch to fueling my body, listening to my hunger cues and lifting weights, mm-hmm. I lost 20 pounds. I've been able to maintain this physical ideal. So I'm like, I'm going to write a book and I'm going to tell the women that it's not what we've been taught. And you got to lift and you got to eat all the time. And yeah. this writing coach was like, you have no credibility. Like, are you a trainer? Are you a nutritionist? <laughs> and I'm like, no, but I, I know because I've done all these things. And she's like, if there's a story of how you came to this, and I know that I just shared it very openly a second ago, but at this point, I had not told anyone mm-hmm. I hadn't done any of the bulimia or anorexia behaviors. And I would say at least 10 years when I wrote my book, but I was going to the grave with it. I was like, well, whew, at least somebody didn't find out about that. Now I can just help the women, but she yeah. pushed me and she's like, you have no credibility. Why would anyone listen to you unless you share your story? And it was so embarrassing. Like it was so much shame because I mean, I can't think of anything grosser, like telling people that you throw up your food, but one day I wrote it. And I didn't even send it back to her yet. And in the moment, like that, I wrote it, I was lighter. It was like, it was off of me. And now when I speak to women, I'm always like, what's the thing? What is that thing that you are still carrying? And it doesn't matter if it's not happening anymore. Um, I can give you a hint. It's whatever you're thinking of right now, (laughs) you are still carrying it and you're carrying the shame from it. And until you release it, it's like when you do the next part of your life begins, like that is not on you anymore. And now I talk about it so openly because it doesn't have that power. So it was forced out of me because the writing coach was like, no, one's going to listen to you unless you share what you've been through because you have abs on the cover. And I'm like, oh no, 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 no. There was a story and she made me share it. And I have found so much meaning. Like it's not in vain anymore, that struggle. Now I share it and I get DMs every week from women. They're like, you're the first person that I've told. My husband doesn't know I'm bulimic. And I'm showing that it doesn't matter how long it was happening. I struggled for a decade. You can come out of it and find peace on the other side. And you take it one step further and finding purpose by helping another woman out. And you do that Mm -hmm. by being vulnerable and sharing your story. And it gives someone else permission to be vulnerable too. I love it. I got goosebumps because there is, there's so much power in when you have that hidden weight of like something that you're, it's like that secret, that's something that nobody knows about, or it's just like you, like you and you know, or maybe like your mom or whatever. But when you finally release it and open up about it, it is, it's like the weight of the world. You're like, oh my gosh. And then, like you said, it's no longer like the chokehold. It's no longer the chokehold and you can finally breathe and you can finally just be. And you realize you're not alone. Like I thought, I didn't know anyone that was bulimic, but I get messed. I can tell you now, if someone's listening to this with an eating disorder, it's very common, but Mm -hmm. it's shameful. So no one, not because like, not everyone says it out loud. I'll tell you, there are a lot of people that struggle. I had Katie Couric on my podcast and the reason I got her was because everyone was talking to her about when her book came out, it was like all about Matt Lauer and like the scandal. And I, when I read the book, I saw a chapter where she was bulimic and she talked about it. And I was like, I would like to talk to her about that because if I can put this out there that someone in the public eye struggled with this and now look what she's doing now, it's going to show another woman who's still in it. Oh God, Katie Kirk too. And the more people that talk about it, it releases the shame of it. And once you release the shame, then you can actually release it again, even if you're not doing it anymore, it's still just kind of looming there. Whatever that thing is that you've been thinking about, you don't even have to tell anybody, write it, try just writing it and like acknowledge it to the universe. I'm on my new spiritual vibe. Like you just, you, if you never said it out loud, you're still carrying it. Yeah. Just get it out, get it out. Yeah. 
I love that. So what would you say to, to someone who is maybe struggling with something? Maybe, maybe it's not an eating disorder. Maybe it's something else. And they're like, well, there is no way in heck I would ever talk about this. Or there's like, you would just say, write it, at least get it out at least. But even it, like, if you can share it to just someone. know if you're not sharing it because you're embarrassed about it, it's the shame. Like you are so not alone. Like there's yeah. going to be other people that are dealing with the same thing. And maybe think about that, like how sharing it could help another person out of it. And then again, it gives meaning to that struggle. Like it wasn't just yeah. for nothing. And now that I've kind of made purpose from it and like kind of shifted the power of it and like helping other people, it was almost for me. Like I went through that to find what I'm doing now. And it was like all aligned and you can't see it when you're in it, but trust me on the other side of it, like you look back and you're like, huh? Like I went through that to find my life calling exactly what I'm supposed to do. And then I said, I took it a step further. Like I help support women now, but I didn't have anywhere to go when I was like the height of my mess was like 17 to 22. And I didn't tell anybody. And you just picture like if somebody went to therapy and I just see like a man with a clipboard and he's like, tell me about your eating disorder. And you're <laughs> like, you don't get it. Or your mom, like you, I, my mom, if she would question it, I would completely shut down. I would deny it, but you would talk to someone else who has been through that exact thing. Yeah, so what totally. my foundation provides is mentors, women that have been through that. If you're struggling with bulimia, here's a woman that struggled with bulimia. She gets it. So you'll talk to them or it doesn't matter what it, like your sexual identity. Uh, if you're a child of divorce, just body image stuff, you're talking to a trusted person who has been through that. So I created a space that didn't exist. And that I sure could have used, um, right. when I was coming up through it. And so it's just like, yeah, you share it and it's scary at first, but you can find so much meaning in it. And trust me, once you say it, I, I talk about it so casually now that like women on my show will visibly be like, Oh, cause I'm like, well, I used to throw out my food. Cause it's just, it doesn't have power on me yeah. anymore. Like it's yeah. all, it's not shameful. It is what it is. And it's like, I almost feel sorry for that girl that went through that. I've released it. I love it. And there's so much power in that so much power in that it's interesting my husband and I like from the outside so much of and it's so living publicly like if you're sharing your story sharing your life I feel like that can create a lot of that the expectations of like well shoot we've got to look a certain way we've got to be a certain way we've got to we can't let our people down like type of vibe and I feel like that creates a lot of struggle for a lot of people. Pressure. Yeah. Yes, totally. But years ago, years ago, let's see, we've been married for 15 years. Mm. So yeah, I'm Congratulations. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, married for 15. Um, so it was in our seventh year of marriage. We like just kind of were at a really bad low, like a funk. Like he was in vet school. I was momming two kids, running business, running a business. Like we were just really struggling, like roommate status. And a part of me, like, I didn't want to open up about that because so many people were like, oh, you're such a great couple, you're power couple, this, da, 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 da. But I like, I had to open up that I was struggling with something that like something was going on that we are going through something. I didn't have to share all of the details. I didn't have to share all of the air, the dirty laundry, whatever, but I could share that people <laughs> who look like they have it all together, still go through crap and you still overcome, you still learn. But when we were finally through it and we were so much stronger for it, I was like, holy crap, 
I can't be the only one that has ever gone through a season of marriage where we were roommates, where like everything was so great on the outside, but we were just passing rubbing shoulders and high-fiving out the door and whatever. I'm like, that's not how I want to live forever. And when I started to just open up about that, oh my gosh, it was crazy. Yeah. It was crazy. The amount of messages that I was getting of like, holy moly, I thought I was the only one. I didn't think we could come out of this. Da, 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 da. What did you do? What helped you? And there, and all of a sudden, what felt like a really hard, like, why did I have to go through that? That was, that really sucked. It was, all, it was that it was purpose. It was like, oh, I know exactly why we went through that so that now I could help these women go through whatever they're going through, because it doesn't have to be the same situation it's kind of the same thing overall. And I can help empower them. I can help give them hope. I can help give them resources. And that was such a huge, just energy driver for business in general, for purpose in general, for impact in general. And I'm like, okay, this is why we have trials. This is why we have struggles. It's so that we can help someone else who would have had to go through it alone. And now they don't. Um, I'm going to blow your mind. You're helping the person on the other end of the screen right now. And I have more follow-up questions about that because we'll chat. I've been we'll married chat. eight years <laughs> and two kids and it's a struggle. And I thought yeah. nobody says how hard it is. And when you said, do you know why I reacted to 15 years? I was like, Oh, I can barely get to eight because it's roommate situation. We need to just oh, say it it's out the loud. Real deal. It's the yes, real deal. You help yeah. me just by saying that, like, it just like, okay, like maybe we're just, yeah. And I want to be like, how did, yeah, we're going to talk about that. You made me think of something else. Um, when you, you don't know when like the power couple, you don't know what they're really going through. It looks all perfect in high school. When I was in my mess, I was homecoming queen. I was prom queen. I was captain of the soccer team. I was like, it's a lot to uphold, right? But I didn't see it. And it's a lot to uphold. I had to be thin. It's a lot to carry. And when Mm -hmm. you're talking about your daughter, like, especially like a firstborn, when you pour everything into something in your image or your identity, which to me was soccer, and then it's gone. It's hard. It's a hard transition because you didn't really diversify your whole identity is like volleyball player, soccer player. Um, And it's not going to be there forever. And you just have to make sure that there's other things that you're interested in or other things that you find value through. And you're not just that one thing, because even whoever you think it is, like you have no idea what the person Mm -hmm. is struggling with. And like, if we just have more vulnerable conversations like this and normalize that life is hard and marriage is hard and body image is something that everybody struggles with, then it wouldn't be such a big thing to uphold and like a pressure to like look a certain way because everybody feels the same way. And I'm on this mission now, like this no filter, I will not do it anymore. And even like the Paris filter, which is just the one over, which is like a little tweak, (laughs) just a little like filter on you just to your skin. I won't, because I'm like, what am I even saying? Like, I'm not worthy to say something on my Instagram right now, unless I have this filter on me. And if everyone stopped, there would be no pressure to use a filter because it's like, oh, everybody's just normal. But until we can get there and people are putting out things that are not real, Um, and that's what my foundation too, like nobody tells these teen girls that these pictures are edited. So they're starving themselves thinking like, Oh, if I could just lose two more pounds or, you know, like, look at this. And it's like, no, that's not real. You're trying to, um, attain a figure that the model in the picture has not attained because it's been tweaked. And I have seen it happen. I was on a plane and watched a model, like shave off a little bit of her arm and leg and post a picture. And it's, it's twofold because obviously it's sad that a teenage girl is like, if I could just starve myself a little bit more, but this 
stick thin model was not confident enough in her own body to post what it actually looks like. She had to do that. So it's just so pervasive and so sad. And if people just embraced, and I know it's, I'm talking about it, like it's easy. It took me 20 years to get to this point in 41 and just who they are and like leaned into who they are authentically and stop with the filters. And like you said, you grew and you found your community when you shared authentically yeah. at the beginning, I started as a mom blog and I kind of like would pattern myself off of the successful ones. Like th- this girl has a million, the colors were right. And she was always like done up and all the kids. So I'm <laughs> like, this is how you do it. So I was trying to be that. Yeah. And it was like, it's not growing. Nothing's happening. I found my following when I started just being authentic and you don't have to share everything, but just like, like you said, just that little struggle, you helped me. You had no idea that you were going to say something that would impact me so specifically. You never know what somebody's going through. And when you show up as your authentic self, you find your people, like not everyone's going to love you, but the people that want to be there for you will find you when you're being authentic. If you're putting on this whole facade of this image and like you're, like you said, your roommates, but every picture is like you and your husband (laughs) and you're like someone's going to run into you and be like, where's your husband? Or if you're heavily filtered and someone sees you at Publix and they're like, uh, like just be you. And then there's no yeah. pressure to like uphold an image. And then if people are loving that image and you're getting the likes, wouldn't that, I mean, you know, that what they're liking is not you. So now when I get likes, it's more like validating that, okay, they're not liking an image that I came up with and I know it's not me. So like those likes and shares shouldn't validate you because that's not you. They're celebrating something that you like made up. Quick time out from the show to let you know that I am looking for the next women that I'm going to mentor on my team. This is within Team Beachbody. We get to lock arms together. I get to be your mentor, building a business, working on your health goals and empowering others. So if you are someone who would love to get healthier, who loves prioritizing working out and eating well and sharing your story on social media and being a light and uplifting others and would love a way to make extra income, even if it's alongside a full-time career or in the cracks of motherhood, whatever it is, you can build this in a way that feels best to you. So if you want to work with me closely to grow as a person, to become a better mother, to become a better wife, to become a more empowered human being, that is literally what we do every single day. And if you follow me on social media, you already know what we do as coaches. You already know what it looks like to be a successful coach, because that's what I share just my life. And that is what I do. And I would love to help more women have an opportunity to literally transform your health, transform your mindset, transform your community of people that you're surrounded with and be able to transform your financial opportunity with this business. I can't wait to chat with you. If you want some more info about it, go to micafulsomfit.com slash transform your life, put in your email. I will be able to send you all of the nitty gritty deets. And if you want to chat one-on-one with me, I am an open book. Ask me all the questions. Tell me your fears. Tell me your reservations. Ask me if you'd be a good fit. I will be honest with you. I can promise you that. So shoot me a message at Micah Folsom Fit and we can chat there. I cannot wait to work with you. Sorry, I ranted. No, this is so (laughs) good. And so many of our listeners have online platforms. They're building brands online. They're running businesses online, like sharing the story, sharing who you truly are authentically you 
is so crucial. Like people can smell the BS like (laughs) so fast these days. So oftentimes what I hear from people who are trying to grow and they're, and they're not, Mm -hmm. they're like, well, gosh, nothing's hitting, nothing's resonating. And if I go and check out what what's on there and I'm like, what are you like? What are you even sharing? Like, it's who so vanilla. It's so <laughs> yeah. like, I don't know who you are. Like, tell me who you are. Open yeah. up. And I think it's that pressure of like, but this is how it's supposed to look. And this is what other people do. So this is what I'm trying to do. And it's like, just let all that go. Like, let I can all give that a go. tip there. You're, okay, you're making me think go. of, I would like try so hard. I would work on this perfect piece of content that it was like, look at all this information. And it was what people want. And they're going to love this because I worked on it for an hour and it's so much information and it would die. (laughs) I have found that when I, I have a talent for lip syncing, like I can look at something, watch it a couple of times and I can give it back. And when I do a lip sync or a baby voice, like if I do a a voiceover over like our lip sync, a little girl, like I can do the mannerisms. It will go viral. Like those, I mean, viral for me, like a hundred thousand, not a million, but for me, and then I would look at things. So I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, that's not true to my brand. It felt cheap. Cause I'm like, Oh, I'm not growing. I got to do a baby voice, TikTok or something, or I got to do a a lip sync, but that's what was working when I was just being silly, but it is authentic to me because I think they're funny. And I, I enjoy doing them, but I was thinking if I wasn't putting something out that was completely beneficial and knowledge and showing my worth as someone to follow because of all of my information, why would anybody follow me? Nobody cared about that. But if you make someone laugh or you, they feel something or they're inspired to share it with someone else, then you grow. And it was authentic to me because I enjoy making those and I'm like silly. And before yeah. I, you couldn't pay me to do a baby voice TikTok. I'd be like, oh no, so embarrassing. But now <laughs> I'm just being me. That's when I grow. So before I'd be like, oh, this is so cheap. I'm going to do another lip sync. Cause I know it's going to go. That's what I like to do. And, and I don't, it takes 10 seconds to put it out there. And it, the ones that I work so hard on, it's like, that's not, you have to know what hits with your audience yeah. and they just want to see you being you and don't be so wrapped up on this. Isn't content that is like uh brand specific, or this isn't like true to my brand. Cause I was there for so long. Just be, you do what feels natural to you. And people want to see you doing you. I love that. And I want a follow-up question. So, cause I know like you're, so you have a foundation, like you have a non, is it a nonprofit? It is. Okay. So you have something that you're spreading awareness, you're growing, you have, you have a podcast, you're obviously yeah. growing your, your listenership, all the things. So there is an end goal. So it's like, you do want to brand awareness is a big thing. Visibility is a big thing. So what is your sweet spot with doing the things that people want, because that's going to expand. And then also giving them what they need, which is the value, which is the where to go from here and da, 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 da. Like, where's your sweet spot with it all? I'll put the value in the captioning or like, I'll make it work for my niche of like, I'm always trying to tell women that get off the cardio machines and lift heavier. So like when I hear a, a lip sync, like, I, cause I know that that's going to hit for me and I'm going to lip sync something. I will draw it into my brand with the, um, I guess the captioning, the, like the words on the screen, I'm doing yeah, something yeah. silly, but it's going to get their attention. And then in the caption of it, you can actually write what you wrote in the other thing that g- didn't get anybody's attention. Cause you didn't put right. it on a lip sync thing. So right. I guess I would draw them in with a silly lip sync thing because I can do them perfectly, but I will put 
or I won't, you know, I mean, you're not going to get them perfectly if anybody wants to try this strategy, but <laughs> don't feel like you just have to post it if it's not perfect. Right. Like just try it again. I see so many, that's another thing. And I get pissed off. I'm like, I nailed that. And somebody else will go viral off the same, uh, audio and they're not even on. They're like a second off. And I'm like, who said you had to post that? Like, don't post it till you get it right. Like, doesn't matter if it takes 600 times, post it when it's on. But anyway, when I post it, I will in the caption. So it's like that gets them to stop. So I will put it in the captioning, whether they're reading it or not, I'm not sure, but it makes me feel like I'm You're giving out- the value. If yeah. I give the value in a, in a, in a, uh, bulleted list or it, they have, you got to get, find the thing. I mean, everybody can see their insights. You can look and see which, which ones are being shared or saved, um, the most views, obviously. And then the things that, that aren't, and I know before I post it, like I'm promoting a book right now. And I'm like, I have to find audio that can kind of make it like draw to the book instead of picture, a picture of just my book, because that's, what's going to get people to stop and then just put the value in the captioning. And then once they're following you and they like you, and you've established that, and they want more content from you, then like you can throw in some other things, but like to try to get new people on your page, you got to do something like, uh, unless you're not authentically silly, then don't do that. But so right. like, right. I, if you are, and that's truly who I am, like, that's what got me in. And I was like, oh, it's so cheap. But I'm like, no, that's who I am. If it doesn't feel right to you, there's the things that like you post and you, you're kind of going back on. If you feel that little, like, I don't really know, you have to listen to that voice. Yeah. Like, you know, if something is authentic to you or if it's a completely contrived thing, like this is viral right now. So I'm just going to do it too. And it, it just does not feel right to you in your soul. Don't post that. Yeah. Just be authentic to you. Yeah. I love it. That's honestly the best advice and the hardest for people to hear. Cause they're like, well, who even am I? Like, I don't, I don't right. know. What does that even look like? What? So whatever makes you smile and happy right. and content that you would consume, put that out. And then people that are like-minded will find you. I love that's it. That's what I would say. I love it. Okay. This is so good. I want, I want to ask you one more thing before we yeah. have to wrap it up. Yeah. So for someone who you did 20 years, 20 mm-hmm. years of disordered eating. And mm-hmm. so what was it for you that finally, like you overcame it, you beat it like for good. So it's the initial eating disorder, like the worst stuff that I was doing stopped when I <laughs> became obsessive about my relationship with my husband. Um, he was coming off of a pro bowl season in the NFL, I had no self-worth and I was convinced that he was going to leave me and he had something on going on behind my back. And truly it wasn't like a come to Jesus moment. Like I'm not going to do this anymore. When my obsession shifted into my relationship, it was like, I didn't have time for the binging and purging anymore. And that kind of just stopped happening. But I will say, even though I wasn't throwing up my food anymore, more, I was severely restricting my calories over-exercising for another 10 years. So Mm -hmm. I was out of the worst of it, but I was in that mess of calorie restriction and feeling like I had to work off the same amount of calories that I consumed. And Micah, I was 20 pounds heavier when I was living that way. So my message now, there was a trainer at my gym that was just like, why are you so frustrated? And I'm like, because I'm doing everything right. I barely eat and I work out every day. And he very calmly was just like, yeah, you're over exercising and under eating. That's why you can't lose weight. And to someone who didn't eat carrots at one point was like, no, like eat more to lose weight was not something I could ever like throw my mind around, but I had tried everything else. 
And now I tell a woman that is working out every day and frustrated that the scale isn't moving. You're not eating enough because when you over-exercise, your body is holding on to every calorie that you consume, trying to keep you alive. And the last thing it's thinking about is burning fat. But when food is coming in often, it's like, cool, your metabolism starts working again. I know that it doesn't sound right, but please trust me. And now I've shared all of my mess. I, it didn't sound right to me either. You can eat like healthy food, but a lot, a Mm -hmm. lot more than you're eating now, a lot more often, and then start putting muscle on your body, which is also going to increase your metabolism. Muscle is the most metabolically active tissue on your body. The more you have, the more you burn, even when you're not working out. So the shift was a trainer at my gym being like, you're over-exercising. You're not fueling your body. Your body has to trust that when you work out, that fuel is going to come back in. So it starts yeah. burning again. My life is easier. I enjoy it. And I weigh, happened to weigh 20 pounds less than I did when all I obsessed about was calorie counting and being thinner. You know, I was heavier. I love it. I think many of our listeners needed to hear that. It is amazing when I work with clients and they're like, I don't know if I can eat this much food. And I'm like, oh girl, you it's can, hard. you can though. You can. Yeah, and and like, when you yeah. do your body will finally be like, oh my gosh, I can like, I can actually do what I'm supposed to do. I can feel energy. I can release the excess. I can, but so many women are under that like spell of eat less to lose more and blah, blah. blah. And I'm like, that's what we were taught. That's why, where we got it from everybody, like count your calories and do your cardio that failed me for 20 years from 16 to 36, count your calories and do your cardio didn't work. (laughs) And I think women like shy away from weights. They're like, Oh, I don't want to get bulky. I get it. So I, when I lifted, I was like, okay, like tens or twelves. And I didn't have any muscle tone. I have muscle tone now because I lift heavy and any woman that is like not doing it because they're picturing the big bodybuilder lady, your body is not going to do that. And when you start putting muscle on your body and eating more often, your life is easier. You're probably going to see a weight loss because you're over-exercising right now. And just trust me, I know it doesn't sound right. Last thing on that is cortisol. When you are living in a state of stress and obsession where I would calculate every macro. If I was going to dinner, I would pull up the menu on the way to make sure there was a salad. Um, I would set an alarm on vacation to make sure I got to the gym. And I, again, I weighed 20 pounds heavier living that way. When you calm the F down and just listen to your hunger cues, I, I work out three, uh, probably four times a week when before you could not pay me to take a day off. Again, I have a 20 pound weight loss. I enjoy my life and I'm not living in a constant state of stress and cortisol, which is a stress hormone that is making you hold on to fat. Yeah, that's everything. <laughs> that's everything. That's everything. It's, I didn't learn it till so long. Like, I'm like, I have to tell everyone now because we're not taught that. Yeah. Do your cardio. The men are in the weight room and eat your salads and don't snack, save your calories. And I'm like, this is bullshit. I, <laughs> I, I'm trying. And then you're so frustrated because you're like, I'm doing it right. But there is a different method. Absolutely. It's so funny. I'll share. I, I like share, I share my food sometimes. Well, we have, we run a beef business. I know. I've oh, been seeing that. Right? So we eat a lot of red meat, which some people are like, I'm like, no, there's no such thing, but we eat a lot of red meat and we eat a lot of, I like, I eat a lot as a, as a person, I will get messages that are like, do you finish your whole plate? And I'm like, oh girl, like, are you serious? Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. So I love just this. I love that. It's just getting out there. Like you can eat a lot of great, healthy foods 
You can move your body in a sustainable, healthy way, not an obsessive, crazy way. And you can live your freaking life and feel good and have confidence and energy and joy. Like there is such, there is a sweet spot in it all. And I like more women need to find the freaking sweet spot because it is a different feeling to go through life that way. A hundred percent. And don't you find that like, once you find this sweet spot, your body just kind of maintains it. Like it stays at this set point that it was, you were trying to get to because it trusts you. And if it's not on the same page that like, you're not going to work out. Like I would work out a second time. My body's like, what I'm not going to burn. She's going to work out again. She's not going to eat when it trusts you. It, I can maintain this. I've maintained it through two pregnancies and at 41, not trying as hard because I just, I eat what I want truly, but I'm mindful and I stop eating when I'm satisfied, not full, which I would eat to like total discomfort, as you know, and throw mm-hmm. up my food before. But now if you just listen to the, I'm hungry eat before I'd be like, oh, I'm going to save my calories. No, listen to your body, <laughs> calm down, move your body for how it makes you feel like the endorphins and coming home from a run. If you're moving your body to undo food, that's a problem. You can't look at it like undo. I had a pizza. I have to get this workout in tomorrow. Don't look at it that way. You get to like, now I walk. And before I'd be like, such a waste of time. I'm not sweating. And, and I've maintained (laughs) this just walking and enjoying my life. It's just, it doesn't have to be as hard as you're making it. Absolutely. hundred percent. And when you're not doing all of the restrictive, crazy stuff, your body's like, okay, I like, just like you said, I can trust her. Like I can, I, I know what's coming next. Yes. I know I, it's not like all of this extreme stuff that, yeah, it takes off some weight for a little bit. And then, and then when you're not on it, it all comes right back on. And it's not plus sustainable. Yes. Right. And so it's like, just find a lifestyle, find habits, find a way of living that you can literally do for the rest of your life because you enjoy it. You feel so good. You want to do it. Not because you have to do it in order to look a certain way, but you want to, because you know, that's what makes you feel your best. That is like, let's help more women feel that way. That is squats and margaritas. That is my lifestyle. And that is the name of my show. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I don't drink, but I'm all, I'm. I'm... Oh, interesting also. Cause I (laughs) am on a sober curious journey. Did you always not drink? Yeah. I've never drank. Okay. Yeah. I'm on a new, (laughs) I, mm, I can't say rarely. I don't drink a lot. I don't binge drink. That's for sure. Which I think people hear the name of my show and it's like, oh, you're promoting drinking. I'm like, Cause I have a glass of wine or a beer with my dinner. You're like, no, like I'm so I'm always balanced, like healthy it's life. Ba- because yeah. if it's off limits for me, I feel even restricted more. and it's yes. up on the pedestal and it's more tempting. Exactly. So mm-hmm. I can have a margarita and know that I don't have to have five because it's my drinking night and it's going to be off limits the next week or yep. have a bottle of wine open in my fridge and not feel like I have to finish it. Cause tomorrow's not a drinking day. Like I had to live in so many rules. It's just like, it's allowed and it almost makes it neutral and not as t- tempting. Like you just said, squats yep. and margaritas is sustainable. Any diet can work like you said, but as soon as you go off it, if you're not planning to live that way for the rest of your life, it, you can't sustain it, but squats and margaritas, a balanced lifestyle I'm happier. And I weigh 20 pounds less than I did when I was trying hard. (laughs) It's it. It really is like magic. It's like when you can, I'll hear all all the time, like, for instance, well, five years ago, I did weight watchers and it worked for me. It was great. I lost 40 pounds. I'm like, so then what happened? And they're like, well, I stopped doing it and I gained all the weight back. I'm like, so then it didn't work. (laughs) That's the point. It didn't work. work. You weren't able to keep it off and feel good. Like that's not a thing. So, uh, (laughs) Exactly. This oh is sustainable. 
work out a few days a week, stop all the stressing and obsessing, eat when you're hungry, stop when you're satisfied, put muscle on your body, I think is a big point of, of it. Like if you're just sticking to cardio, cause you don't want to bulk, trust me. <laughs> and then you don't even have to work. Like I have so much muscle in my body now that my metabolism is working fast and I don't need to work out that much. Like you're, you're trying to like overcompensate and like burn calories because you didn't have enough muscle. Once you put muscle on your body, it's just like validating. You feel strong. You get muscle tone, your body burns better. Like it's just, there's so many benefits to listening to your hunger cues and putting muscle on your body. Absolutely. I love it. So wait, <laughs> before we wrap up, your husband played football in the NFL. Mm -hmm. So did mine for a couple of years. Like I'm like, we're like soul sisters. We How old are, you? Chat. are we the same age? How old am I? 34. I'm 30. Oh, Jesus. No, I'm I got, much... we got married young. I was 19 when we got married. I'm much older than you. So, but they could have played against each other. Um, my he husband only... played, huh? He only played for a couple of years. My husband so... played, uh, nine years. He got drafted to the Colts and played four years there. And then five years with the Redskins now commanders. What year was he drafted? 2000. We're old. Okay. So he was <laughs> finishing at like in 2009. Okay. Oh, yeah, well, no, no, no. My husband was starting. Yeah. What's cool. My husband was starting in 2009, I think. Was um, he a linebacker? So he was a linebacker. I can tell by the number. My husband was 53. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. He got drafted by the dolphins and it was like, he had already been accepted to vet school. That was the plan. And then he got drafted in the seventh round and it was like, not on his radar at all. He was like, wow. Okay. Plot so twist. It, yeah. It was kind <laughs> of like, well, we'll go with it. We'll see what happens. And my husband is kind of the oddball of like football. Wasn't his life. He actually played football to get his college paid for and go to Amazing. vet school and be a, be a vet. And then that happened and it was awesome. It was a fun two years, but he was bouncing around the second year and we were pregnant with our second. And I'm like, mm. We are not here for this. So then we went to vet school after that, but it was we like didn't an have adventure. kids while he was playing. Like we were, we were dating. We didn't get married until we've been together 18 years and we've been married eight. So for his career, we were just dating. I mean, I was there for it, but we didn't have kids. Like that's a right. whole different. Woo. It was crazy. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. It was fun though. But yeah, we'll have to chat. We'll we'll chat about all the things after the show. <laughs> all right. Where can our listeners find you? Where can they connect on social and your podcast and all the things? Yeah, I am most active on Instagram and it's, I am Aaron Washington. My podcast is my favorite thing in the world. It's called squats and margaritas, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, I also have an Instagram page for that. Uh, my new book is called from pain to purpose, finding meaning in the mess. And it is available on Amazon. And if you or somebody that, you know, is struggling, if you're a mom, or if there's a teenager in your life that is kind of dealing with body image stuff. Um, the bluebutterflies.org is my nonprofit for teen girls struggling with body image and self-worth. Love it. Love <laughs> it. Love it. Love it. Love it. You are a gem. So much fun. I love this episode so much. I'm going to share it with all of my people. Y'all, if you listen to this and found value, share it. Like, I feel like every woman just like these conversations need to just come up more. They need mm -hmm. to be more prevalent. They need to be happening more. More people need to know that they're not alone in the struggle, that there's a way to find the balance of it all. Because I feel like that's such an ongoing, like ever fleeting struggle that women go through life with. And I'm like, it doesn't have to be that way. I promise. So Aaron, thank you so much for being on, for opening up, for being so vulnerable. Just, I love everything you're about. Thank you so much for having me. It was so fun. Of course. All right, y'all, we will be back in another week. Chat soon.
Wrapping up another episode, and I just want to thank you for sticking around. Before you head out, I would love to hear from you. It would mean the world to me if you left this podcast a quick review wherever you're listening from. And if you got some nuggets from the message today, don't forget to share it with your friends, your team, and your Instagram story so that anyone else who needs it can find it too. And be sure to tag me so that I can shout you out and share your page with my friends. Thanks for hanging. Now let's go take action on those goals and dreams because if you can feel it in your heart and see it in your head, then you can hold it in your hand. So until next time, go do your craft.